Welcome to the Spurs Brothers Podcast, where we take a not-so-in-depth look at all things Tottenham. Episode 4, everybody. Enjoy it while it lasts. And by that, of course, I mean Tottenham, number one, and... Wait, where's that other team from North London? North London? I can't... You know what? doesn't ring a bell. Is are they in the top half of the table right now? Are they, like, color yellow or blue or something? Something like that. Red? I forget. I'm gonna have to look it up. Oh! Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal. They are almost in forgot. last place. That's why we forgot about them. Dead last. And we'll enjoy it while it lasts. We've got some team news to go over. We just closed on the transfer deadline day. We'll talk about some ins and outs, maybe some missed opportunities, players that we might have been rumored with. We had two games this week. We played against Paco de Ferreira in the Europa Conference League. We saw a wicked game against Watford. We'll take a step into the room for improvement, and we'll look ahead. So jumping into the team news, of course, everything is surrounding the close of the transfer deadline day. And looking at Tottenham, the two biggest stories and the two biggest questions, we've known for a little while that Harry Kane would be staying, but not as much about one of our other most talented players in Tangate and Dombele, who, despite weeks of wanting to get out of the team, is going to be around this season at Tottenham Hotspur. Don't go! Hopefully we get to see him play before too long and get reintegrated into the team. He's going to have to earn his spot back, I think, and I'm looking forward to that happening. He really is, absolutely. We also signed, made a big signing on deadline day, bringing in a young Barcelona player. Maybe not the young Barcelona player we had originally thought in a midfielder we were looking at. Instead, bringing in a right-back Emerson Royale on deadline day. He hadn't played for Barcelona. He had been on loan at Real Betis and was trying to make his way into the Barcelona team until we decided to snap him up. So that seems like it might be a really good deal. We'll have to wait and see. Fingers crossed. In comes one right-back. Out goes another. In a little bit of a contentious or strange manner, Serge Aurier has left the club despite having one year remaining on his contract, and not as a transfer to another team, but just by canceling his contract in mutual agreement with the club. Yeah, contract was terminated, so he's available for a free transfer, you know, beyond this deadline day. He's he's a free man. We'll see if another club picks him up. Wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. He was definitely, I think, the odd man out now that we had an extra right back on the roster. And of course, the other big news that's actually not having to do with the transfer deadline day was after getting past Paco de Ferreira, we are now into the group stage of the Europa Conference League. And we found out who we'll be playing against. And it's not going to be the easiest of groups that we have to get through. We drew Rennes, who were sixth place in Ligue 1 uh, in France last year. They were just behind Marseille. Yikes. They look like a really good team based on if you're able to keep pace with Marseille in that league, just behind other talented French teams that made it into the better European competitions. So that should be a tough game. We also got the Dutch team Vitesse, who were fourth place in the Eredivisie last year, finished ahead of one of the bigger Eredivisie clubs, Feyenoord, who I got to see play live years and years ago. years ago. And they might put up a test. We'll have to wait and see. The last club is Mura, who we know nothing about other than they were the champions of the Slovenian League. Come on, boys. It should be enough for us to get through, but a little bit tricky. We'll have to wait and see. Are we doing home and away against each of these three clubs? We are doing home and away, yep. So So you think over six games we should easily manage to be top of the club, top of the group. 
And it's important to be top of the group considering Europa League teams will drop down. Oh, shit, you're right. And that could really make the competition a lot harder. Jumping into a summary now that the transfer deadline day is over and just looking back at everything that we've done, we've done a ton of business this year, I think in huge part because we brought in Fabio Paratici. Yeah, I think that helped a lot. I'll rifle through the ins. Uh, We brought in Pierluigi Golini, our goalkeeper. Brian Gill, of course, looking forward to seeing him play. More him, please. Please, indeed. Cuti Romero. We brought in Pape Sar. However, he is on loan back to Mets for the season, so terribly excited about seeing that kid play. Just an 18-year-old Certainly. with awesome stats already. Even yeah. more so in a Spurs jersey. Emerson Royal, right at the right at the dead for Barcelona. That looked to be about 22 million pounds to bring in Emerson from Barcelona. So hopefully he kicks on and does well. He's going to have a tough time getting spots ahead of Tanganga. Definitely. Take us through the outs. Yeah, rifle through the outs real quick. Juan Foyt to Villarreal made that permanent. Eric Lamella, sorry to see him go. Toby Alderweireld, a legend. Joe Hart went to Celtic where Cameron Carter-Vickers would join him. We let go of Dennis Serkin. Musa Sissoko to Watford, who we actually played against right off the way. Troy Parrott on loan to MK Dons. Excited for him to get some, some more first-team experience. Alfie Whiteman. On loan as well, and then, of course, the contract termination for Serge Aurier. Absolutely. And yet, the other deadline day deal that we made, other than ending the contract, was Cameron Carter-Vickers announced right at the death, sending him out to loan at Celtic to join Joe Hart. There were a couple players we were linked with that nothing really happened. I think the most recent of which was Adama Traore from Wolverhampton. It sounds like we put in a £30 million offer to bring him to North London just a day before the transfer deadline ended. But they rejected that. They were looking for something more like $50 million, which, as exciting as he is, probably not worth $50 yeah, million. Yeah, to put a price on a player, but $30 million sounds about right. Yeah, it'll be tough, yeah. We brought in the right back right at the end of the deadline day, but all throughout the transfer window, we were looking at Japanese international Tomiyasu from Bologna, who ended up going to Arsenal at the nice. end of the deal. So he ended up getting his move to North London, but just to the wrong Wanker, team. wanker. <laughs> yeah. Not so excited about that. We were, again, linked with Elix Mariba, who is a Barcelona starlet, the young midfielder. He had a chance to come to Spurs, but went to RB Leipzig instead. Sounds like he got to choose, yeah. Which is a pretty good deal for him and Barcelona. Desperate, of course, to get as much cash as they can for players. Yeah, unfortunate we didn't get him. And I think Passam OAR we were linked with, but never really made a serious offer. Lyon were trying to get rid of the really talented French midfielder, and I'm a little bummed we didn't make a move for him. Did he go anywhere? He didn't go anywhere. Interesting. It's interesting, yeah, that no one jumped on that option of a deal. All right, so our first game this week was against Pacos de Ferreira. Again, this is a must-win game because we lost the away leg. And coming back to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, we needed a win. Might as well start Kane as captain. Kane got the start, and it was interesting to see with the captain's armband. And we all kind of looked at each other, you know, shortly after just getting a few minutes in as a sub in our previous game against Wolves. But he did kind of really well. He took us right to the start, had two goals in the first half, probably should have had a hat trick as well, combined well with the rest of the team, and it was not the same Tottenham that went to Portugal. Yeah, I think we came out pretty strong, as we definitely should have in a must-win cup game. Really one of our better opportunities to maybe catch a piece of hardware this season. Absolutely, absolutely. Love to see Kane leading the way. Those two first half goals put us up on the right foot. We ended up getting a third goal to win the game 3-0. It was Lo who scored that one. And he looked pretty decent throughout. I think he improved a lot having sort of a focal point to our attack. 
Probably the other most exciting player for us was Brian Gill. Again. Who really looked to combine with Kane and just seemed like he was all over the field playing deeper in our midfield to pick up possession, turn around, find Kane as the focal point, move off of him. And yeah. then putting in good crosses and getting past his man on the kinda, outside wing too. kind of loved the opportunity to kind of run at the defense. I thought he was he, he definitely prioritizes his like service into the box and getting into dangerous areas, whether it's to... You know, threaten with a you know look of a shot, or or to just get the ball into a into a good spot. My goodness, could he? I mean, it's just a, a welcome relief compared to you know some of the lack of you know crosses that we've had since we've really kind of you know said goodbye to Danny Rose and even Kyle Walker, where and Kieran Trippier, where we could get consistent crosses into the box. He's and, a guy uh, who looks first across. Absolutely, like, it's phenomenal to see. And yeah, you're not I'm, afraid to take a shot as well, so that was I awesome. Felt felt a little bit bad because Ryan Sessegnon was the other guy out there giving us giving us a run. Who it sounds like it played pretty well in the first leg, but did did not do a whole impress, lot to impress, unfortunately. unfortunately. Yeah, I felt exactly the same way. It seemed like Gil was doing everything on that side and running circles around Sessegnon, who you you might have thought would have been the guy putting in those crosses. Struggled a little bit. Well, he'll he'll find his legs, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope to see more of Yale just because of how well he played more of Sessegnon. Hopefully he can improve on that. Going through the lineups really quick, it was Golini again getting the start, and goalkeeper, he was certainly fine. Ben Davis back in at left back. Dyer alongside Cucci Romero, who looked a lot improved, having a chance to play alongside Eric Dyer as opposed to Cameron Carter-Vickers in his first start. Doherty on the right, it was Sessegnon next to Winks in midfield, LaCelso on the other side, and our up front three were Gil, Kane, and Lucas. Hoiberg came on, and we actually brought on Sun and Bergwijn to take Kane and Gil off, and later on in the second half, Delhi even got a sub, so we absolutely took it seriously with our subs as and well. paid off with the 3-0 three, three uh, victory. Pretty comfortable. At home, even yep. better. And man, just Kane's back, baby. He's ours. That takes us to the second game of the week, which is our weekend matchup against Watford in the Premier League. And we had questions about whether or not Sissoko would start having made that transfer just days before. He definitely started. And there he was, right, lining up. You know, we had Danny Rose on the bench and Musa Sissoko on in the center of midfield there for Watford. And it was kind of a tough game for us. We didn't create too many chances in the first half. Although, as the game wore on, I think this is something that's different about Nuno Spurs than Jose Mourinho Spurs, is that we kept wanting to steal that second goal. Absolutely. And we probably should have had two or three more. I'm sorry to say, but night and day difference, because it's a tangible and important and very, very important difference. Ten minutes left, we could have scored a couple, rather than ten minutes left looking like we might concede. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even against Watford, I mean, Jose's team would have just welcomed pressure yeah and, and, back and, and, and offer and confidence to be yeah. honest so we probably should have scored two more as i said delhi almost got on the end of a cane cross but he couldn't get his foot all the way around the ball and his attempt was just wide he really probably should have scored that kane had a chance to get on the end of a lucas cross but i think the defender just got a tip on it to get it away from that slight deflection taking it away from kane who certainly would have scored and Kane actually did get off a shot late on a volley that was right at the goalkeeper off of a corner kick. So again, we are really threatening in the last 10 minutes. And I think unlucky maybe to get our second or third. The goal we did score came right at the end of the first half. We didn't have a, too many chances in the first half. And on a free kick that Stephen Bergwijn earned. I was going to say, it was just another phenomenal run from Stevie B down the left-hand side. Some more of his trickery. A little bit of that magic. I just like to so see Just so gorgeous to see. Touches the ball quicker. You know, touches ball pass i think it was cathcart their captain you know center back 
for Watford, but um, yeah, it takes a heavy foul and. Stevie B just looking so good on the ball, better and better and better. I like seeing him taking people on, and that is what got us the free kick. It was Sun who lined up to take the free kick, and he put it towards the far post as we had some of our defenders and attackers running in. But nobody got a touch to it, and weirdly, nobody was that close to getting a touch to it. And I think the Watford goalkeeper made an error in not, in not getting behind the ball, thinking that one of our one of our guys was going to touch it past him. And it just kind of floated right into the back of the net. We'll take it. Yeah, definitely a goalkeeper error. But, man, Sonny with another great delivery. And I will say, for the most part, defensively, we look good because they didn't threaten us too much. There was a scary moment early on when Dyer had to make a headed clearance that Luris might have had the save. It's kind of an insane clearance because I don't know if Ugo would have even made it over there. It, I kind of watching it back again, dude. I'm fucking Davidson. <laughs> it was, you know, it was... It was about, I don't know, 30 Lazy. seconds into the game, we looked like we were we going to score. Just Kane scored. got brought down and Kane, was almost... Kane uh, was fouled foul. in the box in the first 30 seconds. So of we the... looked like we were about to score. And then somehow, 30 seconds later, it's pure chaos at the back for Spurs. It was a clear pen for Kane. I don't know what I'm, don't know what I'm watching, to be honest. Yeah, it, could, it probably could have been a Quick foul. Tangent. Maybe shoulder-shoulder rather Quick than... Quick tangent here. In the back. Just blatant pen. I don't, know what, what, I don't know what they were looking at, honestly. Quick tangent here. Fucking speaking of refereeing... Manchester United oh, tangent. with an absolute robber, highway robbery against out, Wolves, who we just played. I mean, we know they can ball. We struggled against Wolves, and although looking at it, Wolves absolutely dominated, Wolves dominated the match against the game. Manchester United. Absolute domination. Should have scored a, a couple of times. I think their closest chance came at the end, and David De Gea made David a great save. David De Gea was save. unbelievable. You know, ten minutes Manchester later, United. they're coming down the other side. Pogba cleats up late tackle on Ruben Neves. Over the ball. Over, Over the, the ball. ball. High, cleats up. Honestly, it was a 50-50 ball to some degree, but Ruben Neves was always going to get there right first. Has a right to get there and clears it. Has a right it. to go for that ball. And clears it. And just takes an absolute cleat to the shin, just under the shin guard. And uh, referee's standing right there. He you know, doesn't see the contact. If he's not absolutely reason. sure, play on, which they did. Mason Greenwood scores a just banger of a. Although goal. I think all of, all of Wolves kind of stopped because it was like that was a gross challenge. It was a gross challenge. You know, yellow easy possible borderline red, which you know we saw a, 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 a arguably easier tackle from Granite Jaka. It was for sure. Who was indeed whereas, sent off. Yeah, yeah. Shaka was for sure two footed. I think Pogba maybe kept one foot. Back. Pogba, arguably, but outside of that, it's a red card. It's yeah, and yeah. it's just it. You know, watching it back, VAR. Thank you. That's what we have it here for. Call it a penalty. So that you can you know, see, call it a foul. You can see him nearly clear and obvious error. Yep. There yeah. was contact. There it was blatantly obvious. You know, with how minute they'll get these days, and so everybody's feeling good about it. And then they fucking tell us to go fuck ourselves and three points for and Manchester, Manchester United. United go and win. It's yeah, just it an absolute robbery. It's just. They should feel ashamed, especially after especially after Ollie's complaining about the referees letting play go on. It's just oh, Ollie gonna it's just pathetic. Was, yeah. It's absolutely pathetic. I wish them the worst of luck this season. Ronaldo or no Ronaldo, they have uh, just a horrible <laughs> attitude and it was a little frustrating to see right after the Spurs game in that one. Unfortunate. And if you you gotta feel bad for, you know, Wolves who, you know, probably could have deserved more than, you know, against us because they were equally in the game, if not creating as many chances as Spurs did. When we played them, and then they absolutely played United off the field, but didn't get the yeah. didn't get the result in the worst Just way. Not always fair. It is 
So we were mostly silent jumping back into the Spurs game against Watford. We do have a few other things to say. Miss you. Love you, Danny Rose. His return to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Phenomenal. Even though he didn't get onto the field, he was warming up on the sidelines. And Absolute heard, legend. Heard the Tottenham supporters sort of serenade him a little bit, which was awesome to see. See a smile on his face because of that. They were singing his name. It's so cool. Awesome to see. And then Musa Sissoko had the perfect Musa Sissoko moment where he made a dangerous run into the field. Spurs defense was retreating. He gets to the edge of the penalty, and you can hear the Watford away fans screaming for him to shoot. And boy, did he. About three times the height of the goal. Nowhere near Straight out of the, the song Musa Sissoko school of shooting. Was, it was the perfect Musa Sissoko performance. Exactly what you're going to get with him. I really do hope he has a good season with Watford, though. And I'm kind of rooting for Watford. I like that he gets to play with Danny Rose, too. Absolutely. So, going through the lineups there, Loris didn't have too many saves to make. Most of them were right at him. Thank you, Eric Dyer, for having that one block that maybe he wouldn't have saved. I thought Regulon had a battle of a game, but mostly came out on top against Saar, who's one of the more dangerous wingers in the Premier League. Arguably have seen the opposition load Jaffa Tanganga's side, and they definitely had their star striker on the opposite side on... You know, having Regulon's number. Regulon did I thought right. he did pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see him stand up. I think Dyer was phenomenal in defense. Sanchez had a good block in there, too, but has still some moments to get Leaky. head turned. Leaky. Tanganga was solid enough on the right-hand side. In our midfield, we had Hoiberg, who I thought was just all over the place. Played excellent. fairly well, yeah. Skip had another, I think, solid enough performance. He's, he's, growing, into his, he's growing into his spot in the center of midfield. Delhi all over the field. Not as much attacking from Delhi as we saw. Maybe I, should have finished that one chance that he. I don't know. I had. almost disagree. I think Delhi's in there mixing it up, and I I love what I'm seeing. From I him love so his far. role, and he, he does he does something all over the field. Sun got the goal, of course. Kane mixed performance. Maybe he just needed a goal. Had and a good couple of looks. Bird one pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, Stevie Burwine played. Very, very, very yeah, well. I love seeing him off there as a nailed-on starter. Lucas came on for Bergwijn late on and looked good as a sub. He, again, almost created two goals out of nothing. And Gil came on late on, but it was really the game was over at that point. So should we step into the Room for Improvement? Yeah, it's time for the Room for Improvement. Inside the Room for Improvement, I think room for some improvement here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Davidson Sanchez. I don't know that I really have anyone else to add in there. I thought... Honestly, I could probably put Sergio Regulon in there because I feel like he goes down too easy on occasion. He had a, a great physical battle performance-wise, but um, still just seemed kind of... once or twice, maybe? He just, he kind of, not as bad as Gio Lo Celso, but I feel like he just kind of looks looks for the dime. Let's put, I, let's put Gio Lo Celso in there, I think. Gio Lo Celso, I mean, yeah, we obviously didn't play on the day, he, but... He got um, his goal again, Facos, and we'll see. We'll hopefully see him when he comes back. I'm pulling for him. Yeah, I know that uh, Giovanni Lo Celso and Cuti Romero are both going to go away to Argentina, despite the kind of you know travel ban restrictions. The Premier know, League is putting by the place Premier League, and but the quarantine. They might miss some games coming back, but I don't think I can games. blame them for for wanting to play for their national. Especially team. right after winning the the Copa de America, yeah, I for sure. Can't can't fault them at all. So, yeah, we'll see. I think uh, you know keep it outside the room for improvement. Eric Dyer. Yeah, I would. I would say so. Half back I think there. he is. He has become weirdly, and he still has a bad mistake in him. But so far, three games in, he's only made one bad I think mistake, he's and great. he's becoming the leader of our back line. Couldn't agree more. Wish I could have called it away to did. Pierre Emil Hoiber, I thought also has no room for improvement. He played really well. He even took a free kick 
that was deflected almost oh, went in. Oh, I forgot about that chance. I love seeing him just... The Viking himself, man. Absolute ahead. stud and a half, number two. And then, uh, I got I mean, I wanted to say Sonny in here for a great performance. I think he might have won, you know, man of the match in some people's eyes. But um, I'm going to scoot him aside and say that Steven Berg won. Stevie B, no room for improvement. I thought he played really well. I would still love to see him score a couple of these goals in the Premier League, which I feel like might be coming. But he's it's at the point now where he's adding enough to our... Spurs attack and is almost the the engine in our transition. He, t- he takes people degree. on. He he's doing I the just, things that Adama Traore almost exactly do. right. I think I'm just I'm, I'm loving him, and I think the more experience he gets up in those in those areas, the better. So no room for improvement, Stevie B. Good on you. Awesome. Keep it up, you Spurs. Looking ahead, we've got the international break this next week, so we'll be off this weekend. But when we return to Premier League action, it's going to be at Crystal Palace, which is always a tough place to play. And there's sort early of, morning game. Sort of an unknown quantity right now with tons of transfer business and new coach Patrick Vieira there. So we don't know what we'll get. After that, it's a trip to France for our first Europa Conference League group match game against Rennes. And again, I think they're going to be the one of the more difficult opponents be an that we could have match. drawn. And then it's a huge matchup as we host Chelsea on Sunday, September nineteenth, the following yeah, I guess weekend. A lot of teams, a lot of a lot of people's favorites this season to win the title. I think we're going to put them in their place. Dude. They're a bunch of fucking. Pricks. I think they're the most scary looking team right now in the Premier League. Only and I do not because of Romelu Lukaku. Literally, only because they're a remarkably good team without him. And then they just added one of the best scorers in world football. So I'm a little bit horrified. It'll be a battle. It'll be an absolute bloodbath. But we'll look forward to watching it and talking about it later on. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have a great day.